Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. Today I'm spending a few moments with country legend Charlie Pride. Thank you so much for coming by to see us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys. Yes. This is a pretty big deal. Yes, ma'am. How do you feel about that? I feel that uh, it's a wonderful thing to keep getting things like that because I've had so many wonderful awards that they keep piling up, but I, I, I just... I just love it because, uh, you know, when I first won Male Vocalist and Entertainer of the Year, the people say, well, you should have won that before now. And then I, then I get uh, the grand, uh, uh, joined the Grand Ole Opry in 93, and everybody said, well, they shouldn't have kept you out that long. They thought maybe it was the pigmentation, you know, which it wasn't. I've been a standing invitation to, to join the opera ever since I went on there when Ernie Stubb brought me on. But they had a criteria there that uh, – uh, you had to do 27, uh, 26 Saturdays out of a year. And uh, so my then and only manager I ever had, he says, you know, I don't think we need to do that because we're going to get but $8 a song on the, on the opera. And we, well, 26 Saturdays, that's the way you make most, just a lot of your money, you know. So I didn't argue with him. So so my wife said to me, she said, after 1993, she said, well, ain't no criteria now. You're going to join the Opry. So that's had, the way that happened. You had to be on the Opry in in a in a calendar year, twenty six Saturdays. That was one of the that was in the beginning. That's the way wow. it was, uh, and that's the reason he gave me not not being. But a lot of people thought it's because you know, right, being the color I was. But uh, but anyway, I've got I've been fortunate enough to so many uh, uh, awards, and uh, they try to get me to narrow them down and everything. I said, well, you know, I got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame between. Gladys Knight and Leonard Bernstein. He was not that they'll give you. A, a lot of times they'll give you a, a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, put it over near a little palm tree or something. Maybe somebody come along at night. Maybe not. He's so nice to it, you know. But the thing is, is that when I had uh, three Grammys, like I say now, Country Music Hall of Fame, and I, if I'm pinned down, I think I still will go to that. I have, I haven't received, I haven't experienced the receiving of the the award I'm getting up here this time. Uh, you know the United Lifetime Achievement Award, but I'm I'm going to appreciate all of them. And uh, but right now I'm going to stick to uh, I'm going to go with uh, my dad bought an old field call radio when I was little, and that's where I learned to listen to all of the the biggies. You know, I cut my teeth on people like he he liked Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys was his favorite, and uh, and of course uh, it depends on where you want to start. I cut my teeth on those kind of guys, and Roy Acuff and Ernest Tubb and all that, and and I'm a traditionalist, and I, and I'm very proud of it. My thing is, is that uh, I, I'm just I'm just glad that when I can walk, walk in there and listen to all those people on the Grand Ole Opry when my dad had that field call radio and look up at my plaque and there's Bill Monroe and there's Hank Williams and there's all of those guys my plaque right up there next to him I mean that's that's pretty big stuff it is big stuff you you, you are not a stranger to doing big things uh, you mentioned Ernest Tubb and had he had extended an invitation for you to come to the Opry uh, a long time 1967, ago. 1967. Right. What was that like? Because you, you like I said, you'd cut your teeth on, on listening to him. I was, and I was so, I, wish, I, I would love to be able to see the clip. They got a clip somewhere in the archive somewhere. I've seen, um, but I don't know where, uh, of when I went on there and did that. But I could just see myself. I just I would like to see how fra- how scared I was <laughs> when I first did, did the Opry. That's got to be something coming from listening to stuff like that, and then and then you've got, the, of course, the the time that, you know, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning, and everything else yeah. was so huge, and country now, yeah. that is quite a metamorphosis of a of a genre of music. Yes, yeah. I, uh, 
And I, I, I try to explain people that to my, as I say, I'm a traditionalist, and uh, I, I like to explain my opinion about because I, I feel that it's three basic ingredients in American music. That's country, gospel, and the blue. Not necessarily in that order, but uh, those are the three. And I think I can do all three of those justice. And uh, I, I tell people that uh, uh, that I think that uh, from from the time of some of the guys I mentioned, like Bill Monroe and Ray Cup and all, all the way up to, to George Strait. That's why I kind of cut it off as, as traditionalist. And uh, not, not necessarily that's the way it is, but that's my opinion. So after that, I have a friend by the name of Randy Travis, which I told when I first met him, he's going be, gonna to be big, you know. And he, So he comes to my wife and I give uh, all of our employees uh, a party every January 1st of the year. And, and he comes to just about every one of them and uh, he says, you know, he had the stroke and everything, but he did, uh, I think, about a verse or so in uh, of Amazing amazing Grace. So, But he probably will never, you know, sing anymore, but uh, you never know. God does a lot of miracles and things, you know, but it would be nice if it happened. But uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. So I like to start with him and go on the way it, he, up to where it is today. I mean, Tim McGraw and uh, all the rest of them, you know, and all the way to Garth Brooks, the whole thing, you know. And and uh, so it is a t- Taylor Swift, you know, they're different type of, uh, not in, in my opinion, but, but like I say, uh, it's all good. I mean, I, I think, and uh, but I'm glad that I'm a traditionalist, and I'll be that uh, from now on. As long as uh, in this album, I tell you, I'm so pleased with it that uh, probably one of the finest albums I've ever made. And I'm not trying to say that just to you know for a whole bunch of sales and all that. I've, everybody wants to sell, you know, but. I'm I'm saying for the 13 songs on that album, it's one of the finest I've ever done. Tell me a little bit about about what's on it and why you like this one. Well, the, the records, the, I mean the songs and everything. See, I'm in the business of selling lyrics, feelings, and emotions. I've always done that, so I think this is one of uh, of the 13 that I, I I think I went over the top just just doing that, and uh, I think that uh, I'm going to get it from my fans, whoever get it, you know, and, and say it. But uh, I, I'm very, very, very pleased at, at all of the 13 songs that's on there. And, in fact, see, I was given about uh, probably 30-some songs. And uh, what you try to do, you call them down to, I like this one. Do I like this one better than that one, that one? Now, some of the ones that I said I like this one better than the other, I'm still going to record some of those songs. But I did it my own way of, way of doing it all these years, of picking the one that, you know, leveling, leveling with myself. Do I like this one? Do I like that one better? Do I? And that's the way I, uh, you know, when I start listening to them. And so, and uh, I, I said, uh, I've told a lot of interviews I've done. And like, for example, my one and only manager I ever had, I would get all my songs just like I did, did these and everything, live, live with them for three, six weeks or whatever. And then what I would do is I would go in and I said, I'd listen and see how I want to phrase that, that line and that, that, that particular song, sell that lyric, sell that that feeling, and puts that part. That that kind of that's the, that's the way I've already done it. You know, we get to, I get into Nashville, and the one and only manager I ever had, he says, Charlie, it's two guys out here. So they just wrote a song. It's called Is Anybody Going to San Antonio? I said, Yeah, but Jack, you, know, you got all my songs. He said, No, go listen to it. I went out there about fifteen twenty minutes. I listened to Is Anybody Going to San Antonio? And all that time and all what I've been doing that the way I've been doing it and all. And we got through it, everything. He said, it is anybody going to San Antonio going to be your next single? I said, well, well, now, he said they had just wrote this song. I go back home, and I'm laying in bed with my wife, 
And on Johnny Carson is a guy named Bake Turner that was catching all those passes from Joe Namath. And he says, anybody going to sign it? I said, they said he just wrote that song. I said, how could they just wrote I just So I said, Bake Turner ain't going to like me to cover him like that. But he never. He was always a wonderful guy. He never felt any bad. He said, man, it's the singers. They, they tell you anything to get a car. <laughs> they get a song cut. So it's that kind of thing, you know. So it's it's a learning process all the way down. So that kind of shot my thing of listening to them and getting the phrasing down and all that. So now this album, I, I'm part owner of the Texas Rangers baseball team. I go to spring training every year, and I'd come back. I'd go out. I did the, uh, different shows like uh, the Strawberry Festival down in uh, in uh, Florida, and I'd go back to spring training back. This is where I recorded this album. And you listen, I tell you, it's it's a uh, Tanya. It's a fine album. I'm not just I'm not blowing smoke i mean this is one fine 13 songs on that album called music in my heart and you're still touring yeah i'm on a, I, I, three nights ago i was at uh, on this casino in uh Shreveport, louisiana and i drove back home the next morning got on a flight to come here and so this is what i'm doing now i love I'm that a, they think i'm a, they just wind me up and wind it's like a, <laughs> stretch me out like a rope <laughs> listen i actually got the chance to meet you probably two decades ago and you were doing a concert at uh-huh. uh, Samstown Casino in Tunica, Mississippi. In Tunica, yeah. Yeah. And I was about to bring you on stage, and you stopped me backstage, and you looked me in the eye, and you said, why won't they play my records on the radio anymore? Uh-huh. And that was one of the most yeah. heart-wrenching things that ever been asked. And I wanted to ask you now, with the advent of streaming and Spotify and, t- and all the well, different ways people get their music anymore— do you find that you've got a whole new audience now that are getting well, into your music? I, I just feel that if I'm heard, they're going to buy. They're going to purchase because, as I say, uh, I, I, another thing, the way I try to explain something like that is that I was in London. You remember the song called That Old Black Magic Had Me and It Spell on its and It Spell? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Billy Daniels, I believe, was the guy that was. So we were touring at the same time in England. And I said, I think I'll go see this guy. So I went over, and man, he's 65 years old. Boom, that voice was booming. I said, boy, I hope when I'm 65, I said that my voice will still be. And uh, but like that, you know, here I'm at 20-some years later, you know, added on to that. And I, my fans said, you singing better than I ever did. They said, you still got it. That's the other night. <laughs> and it's not just women and us guys, you know. So you, you hear something like, and I got... People sing along pretty near whatever song that I sing. I mean, it's that, that that always usually happen when I go to Ireland. They, I have my biggest uh, backup group I ever had to sing just about everything I do. So that just tells me that uh, if politics can get out of anything, especially the music, and they can hear me, well, uh, I can give you a better. I can give you a better example. Of this. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. About just played for seventeen thousand people at the fair. I have the distinction of being able to have six consecutive years of sellouts in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Lubbock, Texas, and, and Waterloo, Iowa. Now, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I do my show. You remember the old Calabash, uh, uh, Jimmy Durante? Mm-hmm. All right. And Rex Allen, the Perina child, dog mm. child. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, we're at my, my, my manager and I at the hotel. We've done our show. And he calls my manager, Rex Allen. Does. He says, he said, said, the old man fell and hurt his head, said, you think Charlie could do 30 minutes uh, for the old man? I said, oh, my goodness. My career was just getting started, you know. And uh, and I'm thinking, 30 minutes for the 
Miss Calabash, you know, I don't know nothing about those people, you know, and they don't, definitely no more. My career ain't even off the ground in country music. What do they know about me and Miss <laughs> Calabash? So, but we make a long story short, okay, we put together really about a good 30 minute show. And I went out there, so first I had about three singles and maybe two albums or something like that. And uh, I said, ladies and gentlemen, you probably never heard of me. I said, but I was asked to, I was asked to do uh, uh, 30 minutes for Mr. Durante. I said, I'm going to, I said, you probably never heard of this, but I'm going to try to give you the best show I can give you. And boom, I hit it, you know. So about 15 minutes in, uh, I, and I said, I, did, I said, I'm going to do my three singles. You know, I had about three, four singles. I said, this is one for my first album. This is one. If some guy came, he stood up, he says, I ain't never heard of you, but I'm going out and buy every one. Now, that to me, I have never forgotten. I said, so if I can get it in front of them, I can win them. That hit me just like a bing. That's been in my brain ever since I, uh, because especially my career was back dab in the middle of the country, of the uh, civil rights movement, too. See, and there'd be, man, you must have had it hard. Oh, man, no, you must. No, I said, uh, and when I say that, a lot of times when I'm doing interviews, I say, oh, you give me that, I can't believe you got to be lying, look. <laughs> so I said, I never heard one iota hoot call from any of my audience. I said, I said, uh oh, there you look. I said, well, I saw a name. Then I started naming my accomplishments like I've done. Mm-hmm. Ago. So I said, now, if, if you give me that, I can't believe you got to be lying. Look, and if, if you think that's what it is, I said, I'm not. But if that's what you believe, that's fine. But I ain't going to get me no throw three Grammys, <laughs> star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and the World and Country Music Hall of Fame now. I said, ain't going to get me none of that. But that's right. Now, well, how do you think now? Now I got to tell him why I thought that. <laughs> why they think I didn't get all of the hoop hoop calls. See, so the thing is, is that my fans once, and, and I shocked a lot of people, because uh, now RCA never released anything but the record, you see, when they first put it out there. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest, biggest show i ever been on was 10,000 people in Olympia Stadium in Detroit. Ralph Emery, the biggest the biggest uh, DJ in the world was seeing the show. He said, Charlie, how do you want me to bring you on? I said, just Charlie Proud, RCA Rex. Yeah, but I maybe need to say something to make them love you before you get out there. I said, well, they're going to see me when I come out there. <laughs> so so just before we really go on, see, my thing in my career is promoters was reluctant to book me. That's not about one about hoot calls. They were reluctant to book me. It wasn't the crowd; it was the promoter. The promoters, they were, well, and I got two or three different. You ain't gonna give me. You don't have time for me to tell you all this, but I can, uh, I can give you all those man, examples. I wish I did. I'd keep you here for another hour. Well, the, the thing here is, is that he brought me on. I had three singles at that time too, ladies and gentlemen. So I'd been showing shows to three, four hundred people and shocking the heck out. And so the promoter says, Charlie, you, I got there about. 10 minutes to uh, almost 10 minutes late. And he said, you ain't rehearsed with the band. He said, now, uh, you don't have to do the first show, but we'll let you do this, the second show. And I said, bing, if I don't do the third show, I ain't going to do the third because his fingers is all up. He's, he's a little nervous and everything. And here he is. He has three singles. He named them off, Ralph Emery. And there was about, you know, 10,000 people. He said, you know, we've been playing for three and 400 people. There's 10,000 people out there. We don't know what, you know, mm, and he's had three dogs on this table. And now from RCA Records, Charlie Pride. Ooh, like turning the volume down. You could drop a pin. I said, ladies and gentlemen. Now, what we had done is come up with a, was shocking all those three or 400 people in the little 
clubs. And I said, we got to come up with something. So you just start singing. You done already shocked them. So what I we came up, here's what we came up with. And now from RCA Records, Charlie Pride. He, he said, I said, now, ladies and gentlemen, I realize it's a little unique me coming out here on a country music show wearing this permanent tan. So, so I say the same, <laughs> the thing they're thinking, you see. So I said, but I'm on, I only got three singles. If I happen, I'll do maybe a Hank Williams. So I ain't got time to talk about pigmentation. So I hit it. Yeah. I sign autographs from pretty near from that 3 o'clock show till that 8 o'clock show. And that's the way my career has been, Tanya, from uh, to 1966. I want to thank you so much for coming in today. I've enjoyed it. Congratulations on the Lifetime Achievement Award. It is well-deserved. I'm looking forward to it. It absolutely is. Please come back and see me. Okay. (laughs) I've been spending a few moments with Charlie Pride today. I'm Tanya J. Powers, and this is Fox News Radio. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.